If you've logged onto Twitter or TikTok in the past couple of weeks, you have probably seen a flurry of content about Johnny Depp's defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. While the conversation has largely turned into true crime fans trying to parse the details of violence in their relationship, I have taken an interest for a different reason. As a sociologist who studies sexual violence, I'm worried about the ramifications this case could have for other survivors. At the core of the lawsuit is an op-ed Amber Heard wrote for the Washington Post. In it, she publicly identified as a survivor, and she never named any of her perpetrators. This lawsuit is about whether or not that should be a punishable offense. Before we delve too deeply into this case, I want to think about that for a minute. What would it mean if survivors could face a lawsuit for simply saying out loud that they had been in a violent relationship or been sexually assaulted? It would certainly make it harder for victims who are still facing violence to seek help, as well as find healing resources once they are safe to do so. You can imagine it would be harder than ever to call the police or to report to your workplace or your school that you have experienced violence. And even things that we have traditionally considered just normal for survivors and non-controversial might become more difficult. For example, we've always considered that survivors have protected speech and that they can identify as survivors if they want to share their story at a fundraising event for a nonprofit or as part of an organized activist campaign. But survivors might hesitate to do so if so much as saying that they have experienced violence could lead them to face a defamation lawsuit. Coming back to the present moment, there are some reasons to believe that this is the path we're on. First, if you have logged onto social media in the past few weeks, you already know that the internet seems to have taken Johnny Depp's side. And this isn't necessarily because everyone agrees that Johnny Depp is merited in filing a defamation suit, but rather because his supporters have been using threats, pylons, and other tactics of online harassment to, harassment to silence survivors' supportive voices. We're also seeing that other men who were scrutinized during the Me Too movement are beginning to file similar defamation lawsuits. Marilyn Manson came forward past this past week to say that he was going to file a defamation lawsuit against Evan Rachel Wood. Plus, retaliatory complaints actually aren't new and survivors often do lose them. My research background is in the Title IX system in American universities, and in that space, retaliatory complaints are actually the most common type of false allegation. One in 10 survivors will face a retaliatory complaint for reporting to the Title IX process. And the way that perpetrators do it is pretty similar to what we're seeing in this trial. They draw on something called DARVO, which is an acronym that describes how perpetrators act when they're confronted with the violence they have committed. It stands for deny, attack, and reverse victim and offender. The way that they'll do this is they'll deny that the violence either took place or that it happened the way that the victim said. Then they will attack the victim's credibility and make themselves out to be the true victim of circumstance. They make themselves sound like victims in a few different ways. They might say that even if they were violent, the damage to their reputation is disproportionate to the violence that they perpetrated, or they might suggest that they were justified in acting violently, especially if they can say that their victim was acting in self-defense, or maybe that they don't trust the victim's perceptions of what happened. These cases draw a lot on really typical victim-blaming myths that saturate our broader culture. 
And sometimes perpetrators will make up entirely false allegations to suggest that the victim is the one who was violent all along. We're seeing all of these tactics on display in the Depp case. This case teaches us that despite the gains of the Me Too movement and other activist efforts to stop gender-based violence, our social structures can still be weaponized by perpetrators to further harm their victims. Moving forward, we need to develop policies to protect survivors from retaliation, and we need to reform our legal systems to make them more trauma-informed. Above all, we need to protect survivors' freedom to speak freely about their experiences. This has been Nicole Badera, author of the forthcoming book, On the Wrong Side. For more about how our social structures make gender-based violence more likely to occur, follow me on Twitter at nbadera.